Let's start right in with a dietary question that we've had from sure. somebody. The question is, is it common that children that are following a specialized diet, uh, in particular avoiding foods known to affect behavior, learn and benefit better from an ABA therapy program? Yes. Um, I don't know if it's common, but we definitely have um, seen some of our children do much better um, some of the foods, I mean, that's a really good question, actually, mm -hmm. because uh, some of our kids, once we get them on, let's say, a casein-limited mm -hmm. uh, diet or a no-casein diet, um, it, they amazingly wake up, yeah. pay attention. It's almost as if, I mean, and it's similar symptoms to having allergies, mm -hmm. you know, and when you, you immediately see when they're off of casein, uh, they don't have dark circles anymore, yeah. and they're just more aware. Yeah. Gluten um, is even more significant, I think, with some of our kids, and we do. We have data actually on this, where we have been tracking a child's acquisition, and then the child will start on in about three weeks or a month on a gluten casein-free diet will show significant growth, like their whole trajectory of acquisition changes. So there's no question that some children absolutely benefit. Um, and then, but the question is asking sort of about, I think it said something about um, foods that are shown to improve behavior. And that- they're, they're, they're avoiding foods that in this particular child have shown to affect their behavior. Their behavior, right. And that, of course, could also be soy with some children. Mm -hmm. It could be corn with some children. It could be red dye in yeah. some foods for our children. It could be sugar as a whole. Mm -hmm. I mean, what we're trying to avoid with sugar is not only that, of course, sugar has these you know up and down mm -hmm. uh, sort of energy bursts that sometimes with our kids that's not so good because they really become very hyperactive. Yeah. Um, but it also is, what we're trying to avoid is in some children who have fungal issues, it becomes extremely important to not feed the fungus. Yeah. And so the, the concept with this uh, gluten the same is just to make sure the diet is absolutely right for the child and that is not necessarily the diet that uh, we all have. Right. And I, you're singing my song here because as you guys know, I have a child on the spectrum and he's very reactive to some foods absolutely and we saw uh, in his it's so individual oh yeah and I and I always think you know people talk about how if you know one person with autism you know one person with autism sure. but as parents I think it's important for us to realize that we need to recognize that in terms of our child's ecosystem that each oh, that. child is so different what they can eat what they react to absolutely I mean and I think like even my own children like the I always have them on probiotics Mm -hmm. simply because the food that we eat now in the US really doesn't give us exposure to the appropriate bacteria yeah. anymore. I mean, a lot of the food that we eat is genetically modified food. Yeah. And so um, you do need the, the appropriate bacteria in order to be able to digest nutrition mm -hmm. and, and nutrients. And then I also always give my kids cod liver oil or some form mm -hmm. of fish oil, which is very important as well for brain functioning. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, you know, having a good diet 
that's appropriate for the child and then having the appropriate supplements I think makes a big difference yeah and even I've heard you talk before about how important it is for if your child wants to learn we want them to be as healthy as possible absolutely I mean sometimes uh, you know and actually that's a good segue into a whole different area which is you know we we tend to become so focused on the um, external symptoms of autism mm -hmm. you know for instance the lack of the delay in language mm -hmm. or whatever else and then we don't realize that our children sometimes are not healthy they're mm -hmm. having health issues that we're ignoring mm -hmm. uh, you know I have so many families that will tell me um, they're you know when they come to see me for intake and they'll go into a long period of talking to me and describing how the child doesn't sleep, mm -hmm. um, how he has maybe eight to ten bowel movements a day, mm -hmm. uh, diarrhea type bowel movements a day, um, how, you know, and then they'll go on and talk about the child being hyperactive, unable to sit still, unable to pay attention. And I just ask, okay, so if you didn't sleep yeah. and if you had diarrhea, you know, yeah. for months and months and uh, eight to ten times a day, imagine how you would be feeling. And it's so important for us to stabilize the child's health um, before expecting the child to all of a sudden now benefit from yeah. a major amount of tutoring or instruction. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, wonderful answer to that. Uh, this is a question I'm really excited to hear your answer on. Hi, Dr. Doreen. How and when do you say a child on the spectrum is high functioning? Well, okay. <laughs> That's uh, also, yeah, very interesting. Well, I guess uh, for me, it's, you know, it's, I don't like to use the term high functioning or low functioning because first of all, I think all children are high functioning in different settings or environments. Mm -hmm. And I think that all the kids have, um, they actually change their functioning level, like hopefully, right? I mean, mm -hmm. otherwise we're useless. Mm -hmm. 